filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin. It's been almost two full weeks. Took a little time off after my live Super Bowl 52 diary. Things got a little salty. Had to bring it back. Uh, A man who's on the phone right now is a man who probably felt the same way I did post-Super Bowl 52. Uh, Andrew Patterson, welcome back to the show. Long time, long time. How are you, buddy? I'm glad to be back. I am uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I think we're going to get into that actually later um, to yep. give a cryptic opening to the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Andrew Patterson is going to regale us with some... I'm not, I'm not even going to bury the lead too, too much. I'm just going to say that Andrew and I are, are rapidly approaching 40 years old. There's no other way to put it, correct? Yeah. And yes. certain things... As you get older, you got to deal with new things. And so we're going to get into an experience Andrew had last week, which I barely know anything about. I'm very excited to learn with you, our filibuster freestyle listeners. So we're going to bury the lead a little bit there and talk about a couple things first. But for those of you who want to hear about Andrew Patterson, first of all, really quickly, Andrew, let me just give you props as saying that nobody is better as a guest on this show when they when they do no work prior to the show than you. Yeah. And also, absolutely. I was hoping you would finish that sentence after nobody's better at the show than you, and just like full stop. Some people would agree with you, including myself. Uh, people would say that even about me that I'm not as good at this show as you are, which is unfortunate for uh, those people in me. This show is you, Gavin. Let's just let's get some nice compliments out of the way up at the top. I guess this show is you. Well, but in any case. So anyway, um, but you do an excellent job. Like when you, Chris and Roscoe, aka Roscoe P, and I come on. He will do a lot of prep work, and as we've been doing for 20 years, you'll do none, and the, the two of you together do an unbelievable job because you balance each other out. The- yeah, it's a great play off of each other, and for the long time, uh, fans of any work Gavin has put out there, or with Chris Orozco and me, our old TV show in college, that was a running gag on. Right. But it was, it was great because it was also true that yes. you would do very little work, but because he would do so much, you would balance it out and it would be better work. Um, right. Um, I actually saw – I wish I could give credit to this. I didn't know we were going to talk about it, obviously, because I did zero prep work. Correct. But uh, the, best, the best tweet I saw post-Super Bowl was on Twitter from one that said, Jimmy Garoppolo just signed a $136 million contract. He has two Super Bowl rings. Shout out to the guy – who did nothing in group projects and got their good grade. <laughs> I don't know who that, do you know who tweeted that? Cause that's fantastic. I can't remember. And I'm not, it, it's even better than the way I just said it. I retweeted it. So if you look at, um, or no, I retweeted it, finding it from our friend Curtis fingers. Uh, so if you look up to Curtis fingers, yep. fans of the show, you By can the way, find yeah, he retweeted Cur- it. Curtis fingers uh, at Curtis fingers, a good personal friend of Andrew Patterson and mine. I'm at Gavin Viano. I do not retweet as many, uh, interesting things as Curtis Fingers, but Curtis Fingers does not have a day job he needs to worry about. Right, exactly. Um, speaking of, of Chris Orozco and things of that nature, um, back when we used to do a little show in college, there was a running gag, and it usually it didn't always have to do with Jennifer Aniston, but it's topical today. Uh, back when she was married to Brad Pitt back in the day and, and, uh-huh. and things, uh, Roscoe P., 
uh, would do a joke in which he'd be like, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston broke up. Now, don't finish it right there, you know? And yeah. today, unfortunately, for, for Jennifer Aniston, because we all like her, I think in some ways she's definitely in the top conversation for America's Sweetheart at this point. Like, not the America's Sweetheart, but like, in the last yes. 25 years, she's been in that conversation, okay? Uh, she's definitely her generation's America's Sweetheart. Correct. Like, yeah. So a lot of people were really happy for her when two years ago she got married to a gentleman named Justin Thoreau or Thoreau mm-hmm. or I don't I think it's Thoreau. Thoreau, Justin Thoreau. Okay, great. So anyway, in in homage to unfortunately another one of her marriages or relationships going splitsville, and that is we're not trying to make fun of that, but to bring back a joke from like literally 15 years ago, Andrew, Justin Thoreau and Jennifer Aniston just split up. Do you know what this means? Justin Thoreau is back on the market. Woo! And that is fantastic. Um, I don't even know who Justin Thoreau is, but I... Uh, did you see the movie Wanderlust? I sure did. He is the uh, guy that steals uh, Jennifer Anderson from Paul Rudd in the movie. Right. Well, hopefully in real life, and Paul Rudd... And that's how they met. Okay. I believe. So basically, I don't know how they broke up or why they broke up, and this wasn't supposed to turn into like an E2 Hollywood Mario Lopez thing, but... Um, yeah, yeah, look out Mario Lopez, I'm coming for your but, job. Oh my gosh, it's, it's uh, entertainment and TV correspondent Andrew Patterson. Yeah, <laughs> yep, telling you how he thinks maybe Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau met. Fantastic. Uh, just like uh, Jordan Peele says in that movie, skip to the cars in the lake. Anyway... <laughs> Philbusterfreestyle.com. So, speaking of cars and lakes and frozen lakes, Winter Olympics is going on right now. I'm just going to start off with a couple of interesting facts. Um, some of the places listening this past week have been in very, what I would call, Winter Olympic-friendly places. So, Edmonton, okay. Alberta was the number four place listening. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, of course. Um, uh, Kyrgyzstan? It's C-K-R-Y-G-Y-Z-S-T-A-N. I have to I have to plead complete and total ignorance on that one. I know I've seen that country written, yeah. but I don't know that I've ever like known exactly how it's said. Well, gold medal effort for them to find the filibuster freestyle for the first time ever. Um, yeah. And the Netherlands also has been listening a lot. And then uh, two two countries that are not traditional uh, winter, winter Olympic powers: Iran and Haiti. But they've been listening. No. Nope. Uh, Good. And then rounding out the top, you know, places, cities listening. I'll tell you what, between all the Super Bowl stuff we've been doing and all the Philadelphia Eagles fans that I've had on this show lately, Philadelphia is number one. A place called McCungee, Pennsylvania is number two. Uh, Philadelphia's never won before. McCungee's never listened before. So I guess you guys have enjoyed the misery of me complaining about the Patriots. And, and who can blame them? Nope, totally. Totally fair, and thanks for listening. Uh, Huntersville, North Carolina, which is interesting because... Some of the people who live in Huntersville, North Carolina, are great people, and some of the people who, who live there, at least one of them, left the most negative review this show has ever had So on iTunes. <laughs> so I, wanna, I wonder who's doing that. Uh, and then shout out to Mountain View, California, home of Google, for being number three this or number four this week. Okay. Winter Olympics, Andrew, do you watch? Are you into these ones? What's your take on the Winter Olympics? Um, I, I have not watched an Olympic winter Olympics since, I mean, I don't know. It's like was Calgary 88. Oh, Lillehammer 94. Right. Okay. 94. Okay. I don't watch them. Here's the thing. I have done exactly zero of those winter sports. So you don't ski, we you don't ice not, skate, you don't luge. No, we were not a winter sports family. Uh, so 
I have zero appreciation for what those people are doing. Okay. Like, I can't, like, watch somebody's ski run and be like, oh, that's a good, that's a good ski run. I know why they're doing really well, you know? Can I ask you, um, can I ask you a quick question on that? Yes. Because I, I, I have skied before, albeit nowhere near well. Uh, I'm a terrible ice skater, but I've, I, you know, whatever. But I find myself every four years completely enthralled by what should be an incredibly boring activity known as curling. Yeah. Do you watch the curling at all? No. Okay. Don't watch the curling at all. I mean, curling looks. I well, I I've seen enough curling to know what it is. Yeah. It looks fun to play to me. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. Well, it's like, like a, it's like I'm, a, it's if like if I'm at a backyard party and two dudes are playing cornhole. Yeah. I'm not watching it if I'm not involved in the game. Correct, but like and cornhole's a fun game. Correct, but like I do think that curling one seems to be the Arctic version of cornhole. Absolutely. Two, like anything else, if people are really good at it, it's worth watching. And three, if national pride is on the line, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a strong argument for it. It, it really is like a tailgating game that somehow made the Olympics, though. Right, so I guess my hot take is, can, can Cornhole Toss please, please, please be in the Summer Olympics? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Why not? Let's do it. Um, well, I just watched a couple hot takes in the Olympics, then we'll get into your story. I just watched um, the third period of the USA versus Canada women's hockey game, which probably was from last night, um, okay. because unfortunately Pyeongchang is 14 hours ahead of us uh, over there in South Korea, which is great. But I feel like when the Summer Olympics are far away, people are so much have so much more free time, and they can actually like either stay up late, get up early, maybe they're on vacation. Blah, blah, blah. Ooh, telephone call. That's yeah, nice. telephone call on my landline. Um, this will also tie in nicely to what we are discussing later. Good, good. That's even better. My so, landline. So, <laughs> when we talked about getting older, you got a landline. Right. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, so, anyway, I just wanted to point out to everybody out there that the Winter Olympics are much harder to follow uh, due to people being busier, due to a busier sports calendar. And... Yeah. Um, I just feel badly because I love getting into the Winter Olympics, and this year I'm watching everything on tape delay. And as we all know, sports on tape delay is just not the same. Just doesn't work if you have Twitter or if you have access to the internet. Correct. And uh, as you know, as a burgeoning media mogul at filibuster freestyle, you know filibusterfreestyle.com, I got to be on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to uh, be on the Twitter. Quick, I do have to modify my last answer. I did watch the men's ice hockey Olympics. Uh, Okay. You know, I you know me. I, I'm a, You're a big I hockey like guy. Hockey, which yeah. I've never played, but yeah. hockey, like hockey, is an Olympic sport, but I don't consider it like an Olympic sport. It's a professional sport that's played in the Olympics. You know, totally fair. Absolutely. So, like the Olympic sports, like downhill skiing. Okay, like you can watch someone race a clock. That's not really that interesting to me. Yeah. And like, unless I see two guys racing downhill directly next to each other. Like, I can't tell what one guy's doing better than the other. Well, last. dude, they started that. It's called Ski Cross. Oh, really? And it's kind of like, um, you know, you know, in motocross... So on, I could watch that. Yeah, so moto, it's like something. motocross on skis. And, yeah, now that sounds interesting. And they do, it on snow, they do it on snowboards, too. So there's two different versions of, like, dudes going over moguls down the same hill at the same time against each other and the clock. So... Yeah, I will watch that. All right, good. So we just got you turned on to something. That's good news. Yeah. Okay. That being said, and that's another sign of getting older is embracing the Winter Olympics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So why don't you just hit us up with what the heck you were doing last week as a sign of getting older? And I'm just going to 
let people know right now, and I don't know a lot about what you're going to say, but um, there's some medical stuff that's going to happen next. Yes. So for those of you who don't want to talk about medical stuff, uh, skip ahead. I will do my best in the write-up of this podcast to let you know when Andy Maslin comes on later to talk more about Winter Olympics and his rant of the month and his new million-dollar million dollar idea of the month. But if you don't want to hear about Andrew Patterson's medical life that he's willing to share with us, you might want to just fast forward to whatever point in the show I tell you about, starting now. And also, may I say, before you go, I don't blame you. Yeah, for sure. But in the interest of having cutting-edge content, Andrew, please plush play on what you were up to last week. So uh, we won't go too into details about the medical part of this, but one of the things, like, as you get older, things might happen, and uh, you go through various tests that uh, young bucks don't go through. Correct. Things led to things... uh, I found myself having a colonoscopy last Thursday. Okay. But let me actually revise that because things led to things. I found myself having a colonoscopy. It makes it sound like I went out for drinks. And, and like, I had a wild like, night. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, let's get a colonoscopy. What a wild. Yeah. I was going to get a tattoo, but instead I went to the emergency room. <laughs> right. Okay. Was, like, it's slightly different than that. So it was, it, it was much more planned like with consult, consultation from your physician. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Um, what do you know about the prep for a colon or for colonoscopies in general? What do you know about them? I, I've never had one. Um, I, I have gotten to the age where there's been a couple times when, when I've needed to visit a doctor who specializes in things like colonoscopies. Yes. And so, you know, I've got a couple tales that maybe I'll, or maybe at least one or, yeah, I guess two tales I would get into if we need to for a bit later, but. That's all I know. I don't know about the prep work. I don't know about what they do. I, I know that my dad needed a ride home one time uh, when he got one about 10 years ago. And that's all. And I know that my friend Andrew Patterson, pundit of the show, got one last week. So I don't know anything. And your background knowledge was similar to my background knowledge. So those of you who also have the same background knowledge, if you want to know a little bit more about what prepping for a colonoscopy is like, it is goes like this. Uh, the day before, you cannot eat anything. Okay, so you're fasting. You can ha- you're on like a what's called a clear liquid diet. So water, water, like broth that has been drained. Sprite. <laughs> uh, yep, carbonated beverages. Okay. Um, no fruit juice. Uh, black coffee. No dairy. Um, you know, clear liquids basically, but uh, there's that and nothing red. Okay. Uh. No beets, then, for sure. No beets. Yeah, well, there's no eating. Right. So you do that for most of the day, which really, that's 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 the easy part. Okay. The directions from my doctor were starting at 6.30 the night before. Yeah. He gives you this prescription that is supposed to help start clean out your bowels. Okay, because obviously, you know, and again, we don't want to get too graphic, but we're trying to stay medical here. You, you need to have that be the case so they can do, they can perform the procedure. Um, yes, and if that, like, if, it's going to get more graphic than that, Gavin. Okay, I'm just, I'm just like, for that's those, the, for those who are... That's the public version. That is the non-podcast version of the story. Right, for those, so for those who like, are, for those who are, who, who are dipping their toe in this, it's, it's still going to continue yeah. to go deeper. Well, and if you're listening to this and being like, clear your bowels, you can't mean like totally clear your bowels. Like, no, totally clear your bowels. Yep. Um, just empty them out. <laughs> and this drink kicks that into motion. Okay, what's, what's, what's the drink called? 
Uh, it's various prescriptions. Uh, I think mine was called Suprep. There's one that is just very, uh, like, the guy who named this just has got to be, you know, an a-hole. Go lightly. Oh, wow. There, there's no way anybody's going lightly after they've... Unofficial this. sponsor of the week. Suprep and go lightly. Yes. Hey, it does its job. But, okay. Um, you have to drink 16 ounces of it. That's a lot, right? Well, no, it's like six ounces of it with 10 ounces of water. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a almost a beer and a half. So, time out. Um, how's it taste? Uh, it's gross. Okay, perfect. So you're drinking something that like you have to drink. Salty cough medicine. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, which does not sound. I mean, it's gross. Perfect. But you, it's not like hold your nose. I can't do it. Gross. It's just you don't want to drink 16 ounces. You know, it's mixed with water. You don't want to drink 16 ounces of it. Right. Okay. Then. In the next hour, you have to drink two more 16-ounce glasses of water. So you're, you're, you're at 48, 48 ounces. ounces of water, of which six, six of it was, or 16 of it, really, a third of it was mixed with Go Lightly or whatever. Super. Uh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, all in one hour. All in one hour. And it's, you know, back when we were in college, we would do that not with water, obviously, you know. Not a problem. Coors Light, Silver Bullet. Uh, absolutely. Thirty-four dollars like, for a keg of state liquors. Like just slamming forty-eight ounces of water in an hour. Not a pleasant experience. That's fair, especially when you haven't eaten. Yes. And especially right, exactly. when you know when you're like waiting for what it's going to do. Because was was the waiting, and I don't know how long the waiting was, as Tom Petty would say, was that the hard, not the hardest part, but was it a scary to be like, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I got to be ready. Slightly, like I was not making plans to leave the house. Fair, very fair. (laughs) Um, And it doesn't hit without warning. That's good news. Yeah, I mean, like your stomach, like your stomach starts to make uh, quite a bit of noise. And it's just kind of like, all right, let's get things going. Uh, And then you go sit down on the toilet. I have a question. Did you make a playlist for this, or is that me just making that up? Uh, uh, No, I recorded. Myself drinking the prep to um, Trey Songs bottom up. That's bottoms right, up. bottoms up by Trey Songs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That was the that was I sent that to family and friends. Me drinking the prep, playing bottoms up. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Not gonna lie, I got that tweet and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Uh, um, Not to like enjoy your misery, but I thought it was very clever. Oh no! Absolutely enjoy my misery. Very clever so, stuff. I mean, but if you're thinking like, all right, you have forty-eight ounces and you're drinking something that's supposed to clear your bowels, like that doesn't that that's just it sounds like it's just going to be you know water. Not so much. Oh no, it is. Oh. Oh yeah. Um, and like just water that must just be picking up everything that is in. That's left in there. Everything that's left in there is just taking it and clearing it out. Okay. So how long is this going on for? Like a, a night? Like two hours? Like what? A few hours. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you are like Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber. You know what's amazing? I was just going to ask you on a scale of one to Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber, where were you at? And it sounds like you were at Jeff Daniels. I was at Jeff Daniels without running to have to get into the bath. Because you were already, you were posted up. I posted up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And and the best way to describe this, and again, really hit the 30-second skip if you don't want to hear this part of it, 
is if like someone hooked a fire hose of very warm water up to your mouth yep. and just turned it on. And it went right, th- right all the and way. And water is just like, woo! <laughs> so essentially you're like the conduit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is, you are, you are getting cleared out. Got it. You have to do that again the next morning. Oh, they don't just stop at one time? No, no, you have to do that twice. Ew. And the next morning, unbelievably, there is still stuff in there. Huh. That's a head scratcher. It's it's crazy. That's a head scratcher. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of feel like afterwards you're like, all right, I must have had a ton. I I was getting ready to see like gum I swallowed in middle school. (laughs) Um, It was just... It's, you have a lot of stuff in there, my friend, if you haven't had one of these. I've yet to be privy to said experience, but it, again, you've done an un- unbelievable job prepping us for it. Um, when did you start feeling, like, better slash when could you eat? I mean, I know we haven't gotten into the procedure yet, but, like... Well, this is still just, like, you can't have... So the day before you're on the clear liquid diet, the day of, you can't have anything. Got it. Um, you, you can't have anything. And then, but, like, you were going until literally, like... Clear water comes out. That's what they tell you. Like oh. you, go, you show up the colonoscopy. Like when you came, we're like you're clear at the end of it. Got it. Like literally nothing. Just literally, water is entering your mouth and leaving your body. Leaving your body. <laughs> yeah. Um, by, by all means possible. <laughs> by, no, actually, by only one means possible. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um. So then you go to the, you know, the, the, the procedure itself isn't bad. You have to, you know, you go in there. They give you some, the drugs are fantastic. Okay. Um, which is good. Like, uh, and me, I, I just get chatty. Oh. I'm best friends with all the nurses in there by the end of it. Which is phenomenal considering the situation. Right, which is, right, exactly. All of these women know I'm about to go get my butt probed. And, oh, we're a bunch of chatty caffies. <laughs> Well, I guess better than being awkwardly silent about it. Right? I, well, you know what? We've both talked about this. What are like, well, you know, in much, you know, our, our, our wheelhouses tend to be like yeah. people's mothers. And the nurses in there, it's it, the hospitals, the nurses were all older women. Yep. Uh, so it was like, you know, I, I, this hospital must be going to have like huge turnaround in a few years because these women were like our, our mother's age. So a lot of like people rapidly recoaching retirement who happen to be people that you tend to have great conversations with. Right, exactly, which is why people's mothers loved me back in the day. Um, hopefully, maybe there's someone listening to this right now that... No, no, not true. And Hated that guy. <laughs> Hated that kid. <laughs> Can't believe he chatted me up. Can't believe he chatted those poor nurses up. <laughs> right. Oh, he is the worst. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so you have some drugs. Uh, you have to, you know, the, the worst part of the, the colonoscopy, actually, the, the procedure, but not the procedure itself, was beforehand. Yeah. I'm in the waiting room, and it's an endoscopy waiting room. So basically, everybody in that waiting room is doing the same is, thing. Is doing the same thing. Wow. So you get a bunch of miserable, miserable, fasted, spent, hungry, tired people. Yes, and imagine what your mood is at this time. Who are waiting, because actually I remember you tweeted something, and you hopefully remember it, but you said something like, if this old bag in the waiting room... Yeah, 
everybody in this waiting room is in that mood. And this old dad comes in and starts snacking. Like eating potato chips and drinking soda. In front, she basically trolled the waiting room. Absolutely. That's fantastic. A- absolutely. Hashtag um, dislike. Oh, yeah. It, like mouth open chewer, too. Oh, she really let you guys Just, have it. like picked a loud snack and drank her soda in the most frustrating way. She came in. Like, she came in basically with the Larry left. Um, I don't know what other people call the Larry. The, you know, the, the swill at the bottom of the drink. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know why we always called that the Larry. We called it the Larry. Yeah, we called it the Larry, too. I mean, we, you know, but we grew up very close to each other, so that right. could just be like a so regional that thing. Is a, that's a question for your filibuster freestyle. Hey, yeah, but really quickly, everybody, why don't you, you know, you can get on the Facebook page or you can tweet at me, at Gavin Viano, or, you know, whatever, leave a comment. Um, what did you call the, the very last part of like a bottle of soda or a can a of beer. beer? Yeah, is it a Larry? Is it a Louie? Is it a wounded soldier? But like, yeah, we always call it a Larry. I agree. Yeah. So, but she comes in and she's only got the Larry of her drink left. Okay. She sips it. Like she made that last forever. <laughs> Ten minutes. If you can imagine what's sipping the Larry, the like you know, just that swill. First of all, the, the Larry. There's a reason people leave it because they don't want they don't want their own swill. And you guys had to watch somebody who was able to drink anything she wanted do it in front of you and do the worst part of her drink. Oof. Yeah. That's excruciating. It was. I was. I was gonna lose it. Like I was ready to lose it on her. And they brought me back in. And when when they brought back, and I was in my chatty Kathy phase with the uh, with the nurses. Yeah. Uh, I brought it up. I was like, "And this lady, how's everything?" And I was like, "Listen, this old lady walked into the waiting room, and they were like, that happens more than you'd think. They can't like it happens a bit." Wow, can't they put a sign up that says "Hungry, angry, starved people who can't eat"? <laughs> don't have, don't bring your chips in here. No ruffles do not have ridges in this waiting room. Come on. Would anybody question if the if you were if you were in a hospital and you walked into a waiting room and said, "Please, no food or drink," you wouldn't be like. This is outrageous. Right, you'd be like, oh, I guess I gotta go down to the food court. Eat or drink in this room. I'm in a hospital. I can honestly say that in all the doctor's offices I've ever been in, and of course I don't go a lot, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody eating, period, anywhere. Yeah, you go down to the cafeteria if you're in a hospital. Right, exactly. No one's ever like, oh, I brought you guys pizza. (laughs) Right. It was was one of the most... I, I was angry. Going back to, uh, since it's the movie, like, we'll say the episode sponsored by Wanderlust. Yes. I was um, Joe, what's his name, angry from Wanderlust. Joe Marino. Joe Marino angry. Or Ken Marino. Ken Marino, sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was uh, Ken Marino angry from Wanderlust. In my house! In my In own my house! house. <laughs> Pumping his arms up and down. That's Smashing his breakfast plate. Makes yep. total sense. <laughs> Listen, if you guys have not seen the, the film Wanderlust do it. and you want to, do it. you should do it. Do yourselves a Here, favor. Here's actually you know, really, Instead of pouring a little of your 40 out for Justin Theroux and Jennifer Aniston, watch the movie watch in tribute. And their epic love movie. And let's, let's point out really quickly that you hate movies. I hate movies. And you like this but movie. I kind of like Paul Rudd. Who doesn't? Lasers on the menu. Like, flirtily. I, don't, I didn't mean that in like that manner. Um... But man crush Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd's great. I think he's America's man crush, sweetheart. Tell you what, I, if you shot, here's the thing. Like, I don't think people think about how much I like Paul Rudd on a day to day basis. But as soon no. as he comes up in conversation, yes, I hope not. 
Right. But as, you're Paul Rudd. But as soon as he comes up in conversation, like, I've never heard anybody be like, yeah, I hate that guy. Yeah, nobody hates Like, Paul even Rudd. when he played crummy characters, like the dude, the stepbrother from Clueless, like Josh, now that it's right. him and now that it's Paul Rudd, everybody's like, yeah, I loved him in Clueless too because it's like Paul Rudd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good for you, Paul Rudd. Good, great for you, Paul Rudd. Listen, actually, this is a totally a separate conversation we didn't plan on having, but how do you define man crush? Because this is... Hmm. I don't have any notes, is, and I do like to have notes when I do something like this, but off the top of my head... Um, wait, hold on to it. We'll make this a future episode. Oh, cool. Okay, even better. All right, so Saved by the Bell there. Thank you. So, yeah, and, you and edit, ladies, it out, edit it out, but future episode should be how do you define man crush? All right, ladies and gents, Andrew Patterson and I will definitely do a pod on... How do we define man crush? And I would actually encourage, potentially, this could be a three-way pod with you, me, and Dan O'Brien. Yeah. Because Dan O'Brien, I think this would be in his wheelhouse, and now I'm going to just put him on blast, too, to be like, dude, let's come on and talk man crush, uh, you know, dynamics, schematics. Yes. Uh, what is the, not the anatomy, but the, uh, the structure of this. I like it. I like it a lot. Right. It's good news. Perfect. Okay. Well, listen, do you have any more kickers from this story or, or any lessons learned aside from uh, the, what oh, you've yeah, already the, stated? The procedure itself, forget about it. You don't know anything. You come out of it. You have some fine drugs. You do need a ride home. Yep. Um, next day, you're fine. I will say this. When I went to get my father 10 years ago, and I wasn't living in, in the city at the time, but I happened to be home that summer. And my mom was still working, and my dad... Uh, my mom was like, you got to go and pick your dad up. you got to come pick your dad up. And I'm like, of course. Yeah. So we get there, and it's been a couple hours or whatever. He's done. And, I mean, now that it's been 10 years, I can, I can say this. He was like, yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because, and this would go to my story, which is I, I went to, I had to go to a doctor to, you know, get an exam that you don't usually get as a young buck. And... Yeah. Basically, the guy gave me the exam and then said, I'm going to leave the room while you get your, get your, uh, your, cell, your dignity back. <laughs> and then he came back in, and it was, he was 100% right. And um, so I think my father, and I don't want to talk for him, but he probably was like, you tell me I can't drive after you do that to me? I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I respect I the moxie. That. I can see that out of your father. Oh, yeah. I respect the moxie. He's not... He, <laughs> I respect you for the cone of silence on that on a stat, for, for the statute of limitations. Yeah, 10 years. But, Dad, I mean, I appreciate it. You were like, now nah, I'm driving. And I was pretty nervous. But then, you know, we were in Boston, and he did fine getting on Storo Drive. And at that point, I just said, Jesus, Listen, take the wheel, you know? I am impressed because— um, You couldn't drive. I, I would not have been good at driving, yeah. Yeah. I, I went home, and I laid on the couch. Like, yeah. I, I basically went to sleep that night at, like, 5.30. Got it. My only other yeah, funny story is that my, my PCP, um, I had my primary check. Primary care physician took me a second. Yes, yeah, sorry. My primary care physician for the layperson, my doctor, yeah. uh, I went and got my checkup in October, and she was looking at the notes from my past visits, and she's like, oh, yeah, you went to that, that I guess it's called a proctologist, right? So um, she's, like, she's like. I think they call them GI guys. Oh, okay. Gastrointestinal. That sounds better. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, she's I think like, that's what, I mean, that's the, that's the guy I went to. All right. Well, whatever I went to, she's like, oh, you went to that guy. How was that? Whatever. And then she's like, Any, you know, has it all been fine since then? Blah, 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 whatever. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah everything's good. Blah, 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 whatever. And she's like, cause I'm always, I'm always, you know, I'm always ready. And I'm like reassuring, but I'm good. If I don't need to have one today, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. She's always ready. She's always on the ready. Like, well, number one, it's your job, so I'm glad you're ready. She's to dinner, and somebody needs, you know, huh? Right. She's always ready. Right. 
Anyway, I was like, you know what? No, we're good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Good decision to pass. Good decision to pass. No, and I don't know if it's proctologist or GI guy. Um, I know he's, and this ties into one getting older. My GI guy is, is he's good. He's our age. Like, so there's a old getting older bridge you pass. Yeah, when the doctor, because my, my doctor is my, my, again, my PCP is my, you know, my age. And you're kind of like, wow, they let people like me be doctors? And the answer is, well, they let smart, dedicated people like you be doctors. Right, exactly. They do not let people like you and me be doctors. Um, yeah, that's kind of like whenever I would be like, I mean, we were NCAA athletes, and then you qualify it with, like, we were on a mediocre Division three swim team. So, yeah, we were NCAA athletes. NCAA athletes. I mean, yes, we fall under the umbrella. We were just, like, not very important or central to the theme. Fair. Yeah. But God bless the people who are age who are, like, you, you forget doc. I mean, there's doctors younger than us. No question. Many. I'm, many I'm doctors younger than us. I'm not ready to cross that bridge yet, you know? But, yeah. Um, We're getting to a point where there's going to be more doctors younger than us than older than us in the next 10 years. But that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, I mean, we're also not getting too far away. Like, there's more people younger than us and older than us in almost any profession. Well, I don't think we want to talk about that. In about, about 10 that. years. We don't want to talk about that yet. But anyway, you're right. right. So, all right, man. Well, listen, um, if you don't have any other punchlines from that story, I appreciate you coming on with some real talk, some straight talk. Um, giving us hashtag facts only. Um, yeah. It's a good way to get back from our, our post-Super Bowl malaise. Um, and actually, throw back to that post-Super Bowl malaise. I forgot to bring this up. Okay. In terms of how I know I'm getting older. Yeah. Is my reaction to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Where I was just like, eh. You know, it, it did not bother me. Like, maybe I'm an old man or maybe it's just a spoiled Patriots fan. Yeah. But my literal reaction to this year's Super Bowl was, eh, okay. Like, I saw Dan O'Brien posting how much he was loving at the parade and watching it, and Daryl O'Brien, I'm like, good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I told I those... Mean, the rest of Philly, you suck. Right, no question. like a miserable city. Right, to my, to my friends in Philly, I'm genuinely happy for you. I wish it had been against anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. To my friend, to uh, my frenemies, know what it's like to wait a long time to win something. Yes, so I'm I'm genuinely genuinely happy for them. And on the the megapod I did at the end of it with Roscoe P, he and I both talked about Super Bowl 36 and the first time the Patriots won, and how that genuine first time feeling of happiness is unreplaceable. And so again, to my friends in Philly, I feel great for you. To my frenemies and enemies and people who don't know me in Philly, not so much. Yeah, but I do respect Philly on one. I can't remember who it was on the parade leading them in a song, uh, Everybody Hates Us and We Don't Care. Yeah. You know what? Good for you. Boston, I feel like we're the same. Everybody hates us. Right. We don't care. Yeah, exactly. Good way to leave it. All right, man. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Uh, as previously noted, Justin Thoreau is back on the market, as is Jennifer Aniston. Sorry for that. But uh, the new Hollywood reporter, Andrew Patterson, back in action. Yeah. Uh, filibusterfreestyle.com coming up next Andy Maslin with the rant of the month and the million dollar idea of the month Andrew thanks for being on buddy glad to be on always okay ladies and gentlemen as promised we trade in one Andrew for another Andrew Patterson is outro and Andy Maslin from the Sunshine State gorgeous doing here what's up buddy what up what up I'm living the dream, baby. Living the dream. We love when you're Ready? living the dream because we get to rock. we get to live the dream with you. Uh, so as I've teased already on the on this podcast, unbeknownst to you, Andy, we are going to do a rant of the week. You've got a million dollar, sorry, of the month. We've got a million dollar idea potentially of the month, but you've got a million of those million dollar ideas. And I want to do a little bit of Winter Olympics, just because you were a hockey player and you are our big event correspondent. But let's just. Take off the gloves. We promised a rant of the month. It's been a month. 
What is Andy Maslin's rant of the month? My rant of the month this month, this month, like I said, it could have been could have gone many different directions. Yep. Especially with some of the stuff that's happened in the world, and especially in the area I used to live in in the past couple days. <clears throat> yes. Um, Unfortunately, there's been just for people who don't know where Andy used to live. That there's a school shooting that was in South Florida, is I guess fairly close to where Andy lived for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Like Mick, just so you like, like Mickey and Adam and all those guys that you met, like at my wedding and stuff. Yes. That's all the, that's the high school they all went to. Oh wow. Okay. So, um, you know, that's crazy. So I was going to rant about some of the, like, gun control people and anti-gun control people on Facebook. Uh, but I could rant about Facebook and people on Facebook and gun control every time. But I'm not going to do that. A couple of hot-button issues there for sure. <laughs> and, and by the way, yeah. we, I know, we, we do wish, uh, you know, uh, just send our thoughts to anybody who's been victimized by anything uh, that happened in that school, other schools. It's senseless, and like Andy said, there's very hot button issues, and he's not going to rant about that. No, so no, I, I should I should rant about how I'm not going to rant about it because of how crazy people are. Right. But my rant my, my rant this month is I hate the people who compare their everyday job and what they can and can't do at work to a professional athlete. Ooh, I like this one. You know, like we'll go back to when the NFL guys were taking the knee. Okay. And you'd hear. You'd, you'd hear someone say, oh, if I talk about politics at work and make a political statement at work, I'll get fired. Okay, great. Then don't do it. <laughs> you don't, you're not an NFL player. You're right. not a major league they don't do it. Also, they, they, mo- they most likely don't play the national anthem before you start your work day yeah, every day. Yeah, and you know what? People don't care enough about you that if you make a political statement, they're really going to care. More than likely, your co-worker is just going to walk away and like, hey, look at Crazy Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> crazy Ralph! <laughs> Fake fake coworker of the week, fake crazy Ralph. (laughs) You know, it's like it's like it's like no. These guys are going by a set of rules that were given by their organization and and given by their union. There are things you can do at your job that they can't do. Correct. It's what you do for work. And to go on to that, right? And go, you know, on top of that, I I love teachers. I love firefighters. I'm happy that they're. There are people in the um, armed services protecting our freedom and all that stuff. Yes. But I hate the I hate the argument. Well, why don't we just pay all the t- pay the teachers and the in the army all the money we pay in the football players? We'll we'll show them. You know what? Sorry, I like what you do, Miss Mister Mister Mrs. Teacher. You do a great job. You probably should get paid more, but I'm not going to pay 90 bucks to go sit in your classroom and watch you teach for three hours while I drink beer. I think <laughs> that might be fun, depending how much beer. I'm not going to lie. Depending on the company I was with and the price of the beer, it could be all right. Yeah, I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, like there are, I'm not saying anyone can teach or anyone can do that. There are, a, there's a much larger pool of people that can do everyday jobs. Yes. And I'm not putting the Army as an everyday job or the armed forces. That's a different thing. But there is a giant pool of people that have the brain power and the qualifications to do an everyday job that you do or I do or that the teachers do. The people that can play a, play a professional sport at the highest level to entertain people, the, the pool that can do it at that level is just it's tiny it's minuscule like they're so talented it's ridiculous right is it ridiculous how much they get paid yes it is but they wouldn't get paid that much if we as a people didn't consume it and pay for it whether it be going to the games right or or watching the games on tv for advertising and, and things like that it's a it's supply and demand 
It's like it's like they're professional athletes. They are different. They are treated different. There's reasons why. Correct. And fr- frankly, I mean, how many struggling actors um, in Hollywood don't even really get to ever act or act like for free? And then obviously Tom Cruise or whoever's big time right now gets twenty million dollars to do the exact same thing and arguably may or may not be better or worse at it. Right? <laughs> it's subjective. Just Right, but like, there's a market. Even with teachers, okay, let's let's. And I didn't know you were going to go down this road, but college professors, in theory, a lot of the money they make is based on the research they do, the books they write, the published journals, etc. But at the end of the day, they are teaching a subject at the absolute apex of their field, and in theory, and I know they're not getting paid like Tom Brady money, but they're probably making more money than like the backup, uh, the third string quarterback. You know? Yeah. So, like, there are many professions in which the best people get paid way better. And honestly, if they do things like say something uh, ill-advised publicly, they risk losing their job. But the risk goes up when you are more of a bargain-based McDiamond-dozen employee in any field. Whether you're a high school football coach, a high school football player, you know, uh, a banker at a little bank. If you're the CEO of Bank of America, one – You somehow got there, so you're probably better at it. Number two, when you say anything, it does carry more weight because of your job. So, yeah, their platform's different. I like your point there. The platform's different, and we're not going to pay average people at anything, including football or basketball, exorbitant salaries because we don't want to think what the guys who are getting those salaries say. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just, just, oh, I can't do that. You can't. You're right. And don't. If you make the NFL, you can do it. Don't try to go to the NFL because you know what? You probably tried to when you were seven and realized you didn't have the athletic ability. Couldn't run the 40. <laughs> didn't have the pliability. Couldn't I like that. Pad, couldn't get the pad level low enough. <laughs> Not enough torque. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about your million-dollar idea because it ties in with something that I mentioned to Andrew Patterson. So Andrew Patterson was talking about how he just doesn't do any Olympic winter Olympic sports. I mean, he likes hockey. <laughs> He's a hockey fan, but, you know, he never luged. He never figure skated. He never uh, biathloned, if you will, you know, tra- a.k.a. cross-country skiing and then shooting a rifle when you're really tired. So he's like, you know, it's just not really for me. And I said, what do you think about curling? And he, you know, he ma- basically mentioned that curling is kind of like a, like playing beanbag toss or, or cornhole, but obviously, you know, for, for, for the Arctic setting, it's obviously a lot more competitive. And But I said to him, you know, the sport that I keep finding myself enthralled by every four years is curling. And I like a lot of these sports, and we'll go into those. But you've got a million-dollar idea of the month related to curling. Why don't you let us have it in case there's any investors listening worldwide? <laughs> okay. I, I have some thoughts on curling and the Winter Olympics that we'll get into next. But yes. my million-dollar idea is to put the U.S. National Curling Center yes. just north of Key West. <laughs> uh, I don't think we can quite afford the real estate we're going to need in Key West, but we're uh, if we're up on... Um, like Cowpat like, Island? Like, like that that key, I forget, uh, Cujo Key. Cujo Key, yeah, sure. Where the, where the uh, I believe that's where the Purple, the purple Port was. used to be. <laughs> and just, just to remind everybody, that was um, possibly the worst bar that we have ever been to in our lives, and we've been to many adult drinking establishments. Um, Easily the worst bar I've been to in my life. So we're going to put the U.S. National Curling Center there. We'll have people stay in Key West. It's a very pretty and, place. And, and, you know, we can bring the athletes down and have training there, have national curling events there, international curling events there, learn to curl when you're on vacation in Key West. You come in 
Captain on the cruise ship, one of the excursions you get to pick is curling. Who thinks you're going curling in Key West? Well, now you are. Plus, I mean, having been to Key West a number of times, you know, it's never not super humid. So the, uh, the thought of going into an ice rink, if you will, a curling rink, curling center, pretty darn good. I'm working on the plans now. Um, All right. Well, we've got investors. I don't know if we have investors worldwide, but we have a lot of listeners around the world. And uh, if you like what you hear from Andy Mazin's Million Dollar Idea of the Month, uh, curling is in vogue. We've got four years to get ready for the next Olympics. Let's let's go. And I will tell you, if the um, listener you have in Lima, Peru, if he invests, I will allow the Peruvian national curling team to practice the ring for free. Well, that is a great business proposition right there, everybody. So think about that. And to the guy listening in the Netherlands or uh, the guy listening in Edmonton, Alberta especially, because I know you guys like curling, hit Andy up, okay? Um, at Andy, at I am Andy Mass on Twitter. Yes. Hit him in the DMs. Slide in those DMs. Slide in those DMs. Slide in those DMs, baby. All right, philibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find this and more. Winter Olympics you can find on NBC Sports. I'm now apparently watching live figure skating, which is great because I was watching tape-delayed hockey earlier, and the toughest thing, and I've already said this in the pod, but in the winter, at a, at a venue that is 14 hours ahead of us, it's really tough because how much busier people are in the winter than the summer to watch anything live. So I'm like, I'm yeah. pumped to watch them live figure skating trials right now. Yeah, very, it's very tough. Like, the hockey, I watched live this yesterday and today. Being, yep. Actually, I don't know when you're posting this, so Wednesday and Thursday, I watched the U.S. game yesterday. Yeah. And the Canadian game today, you know, I watched it on my iPad at work while I was working. Yep. Um, so I was able to see that. But events like that, and if the figure skating wasn't live, um, like now, like the big events, I, I don't have the self-control to not Google it or not see how what the result was. Or right. I'm on the internet so much anyways, I'm going to see it. These other events like the Luge and Biathlon and Bobsled and things like that, if they're on, I'm probably not going to run into what the score was like if I'm watching it on tape delay. But Correct. Yeah, and, and I, w- I will say that because, it, because it's happening at night, at the end of my day, when sports usually happen, if I don't know the result, I will watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's just a little tough. And I think in the summer, we have just slower hours. We're on vacation more often. I think people get to watch the Summer Olympics a little bit better. Um, but anyway... Winter Olympics for me, Andy, is home to several sports that are incredibly athletic and hard, but it's also home to a lot of sports that make you ask, so how did you get started doing that hobby? And, and I, I, have a good, I have a good anecdote. Okay, coming. please, go ahead. So I, I've, often, I've often thought, and this is why I'm putting the curling center in Key West. Yes. You, you hear these stories about these at the curling team, working full-time day jobs, not being fully supported, having to curl at all hours of the night because sure. they're working day jobs or they're working like a crappy job at Staples so they can work nighttime. Yep. They're sharing a three, you know, three people, two, two, three people sharing an apartment in Minnesota where the curling center is, blah, 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 blah. So I've thought that if I somehow became rich yes. or had a bunch of time on my hands, if I really invested like two to three years into curling nonstop, um, and I'm pretty good at bar shuffleboard, so I have a, an advantage already. Yes. Um, that I could be an Olympic curler. And I mentioned this to somebody the other day who happened to be from Manitoba. Ooh. And he said, he goes, believe it or not, he goes, 
it's hard. I, I, and I've, I've curled once, so I know it's hard because, like, one of my buddies that I played junior hockey with quit hockey to, curl. to go, like, full-time, wow. like, curling. Love it. And, and he, like, lost in, like, the Canadian, like, Olympic trials and, like, never made it, like, two or three years in a row. And he said, he, he said there are people in, in that you know, have been doing it for years and they're actually like really good at it. It's not something you can just pick up. Okay. I still question that. Like I said, I'm good at bar shuffleboard, <laughs> very, com- very comfortable on the ice. I think the combination of the two, I would be, uh, I'd be dynamite. dynamite. Well, I'll tell you what, I will start a GoFundMe page tomorrow to fund you for 2020 Beijing or whatever, 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. I'm in. Philbus. Can you – so one thing, maybe you know the answer to this, and I can guess why, but I, I will say, truth be told, I have not looked it up. Why is Russia being referred to as the Olympic athletes of Russia instead of Russia? What did Putin do this time? Um, it has to go back to that whole doping scandal, I believe. Ah, uh, right. So they, they banned the Russian doping federations. So maybe, the inno- maybe the innocent – I think what it is is the Russian Olympic Committee is under, like, serious heat from the IOC. And so these poor athletes who, I guess, didn't test positive must be able to compete if they qualify, but they can't compete under Russia's flag. Yeah, I think I think what it was is I think that these athletes are kind of clear of it because it was the past couple Olympics and World Championships and things like this. Yeah. So this generation almost has nothing to do with it. Got it. Everyone, like you said, the, the Russian Olympic Federation and the Russian government – but, I mean, is it really a punishment that they're the Olympic athletes from Russia? Right. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to play, if they've picked, like, the jam of the summer to play. If they win. I was going to say, are they going to play Despacito when they win? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick, <laughs> even Drago, Despacito, Puerto Rico. Yeah, that might happen. Um, and biathlon is a sport that I can't get into. Oh, um, dude, I feel the opposite as of two nights ago, and I'm not sure what happened for me, but I just got really into it. I think it would be better, and, I, and I, I'm not talking about, like, real bullets, but I think the strategy in the sport would be so much better if you could shoot the other people when they were skiing. Ooh, like paintball. And you, yeah, and if you hit them, they have to take, like, a 10-second, like... Oh, uh, so you want to make, like, paintball like biathlon, which I do not... I can't see how that's a bad idea. I think that's another million dollar I mean, idea. Still, you still have to hit the targets and everything like that. But you also you can also shoot your fellow skiers. It's like, it's like if I'm ahead of this guy, he's going to shoot me. Do right. I need to stay next to him? Well, right behind him? What do we do? Yeah, or there's some kind of, I think there's some kind of, we, we could maybe think about that and come back when we have the answer to that. But that's a good idea. That'd make it more interesting for sure. Um, here, here's what I think the Olympic sports fall in different categories, Okay. So they've got things, things that you think your grandparents could do, like curling, okay? They've got absolute misery sports, which is like anything involving cross-country skiing, biathlon, etc. And then they have danger, danger, danger. Ski jumping, luge, skeleton, which is basically luging on your face, and freestyle skiing, um, ski cross, snowboard cross. I mean, pretty much you can die at any of these events. I'm also in, into the dangerous sports. I'm going to put short track speed. Yes, totally, dude. <laughs> million percent yes. Million percent yes. Um, but yeah, I, like, I don't know. I, I, part of me, part old man me, it, it feels that um, some of these like X game sports getting to the Olympics just don't belong. Let me ask you this. And this is an X game sport, and I do not expect it to ever make it uh, into the Olympics but you know how they do the ski mobile jumping in, in the X Games yes. wouldn't that be great to see like some dude from 
I don't know, a place where they definitely don't even have snowmobiles, and like he's the first ever snowmobiler from like Togo. That'd be amazing. That would that would be that would be where it's at. I, I would I would love to see it. But I, I, I do and I do enjoy I like I do enjoy like the snowboard like the half pipe stuff. Um, but like to me it's an X Games not an Olympic sport. I, I this ski jumping and luge are like my two favorites. Yeah, I could watch ski jumping all day. Um I could watch I could watch luge all day. It is like one like one millimeter and you are on your butt, literally. Yeah, now there, there was like there used to be like I was a prep school, and I believe it was in Lake Placid, and it was called National Sports Academy. Yeah, and they specialized in some of those weirdo like. Yeah, well, it sounds like the only places really in the U.S. to train for a number of these sports are places in the U.S. that used to have the Olympics. So Salt Lake City and Lake Placid are the two that are most yeah. recent, obviously. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard most of the luge, the luge I guess they're called sl- uh, sliders. Yeah. Most of the sliders are coming out of either Salt Lake City and or Lake Placid. So. Now, okay, they have double luge. Am I- For men only. That's actually, that gets me to another weird thing, okay? Yeah. So, so luge has three events for medals in the Olympics. One for men, one for women, but a pairs event only for dudes. I, first of all, my hot take is... Pairs luge seems like the most frivolous additional sport of all time. So if we're going to green light it for dudes, there's it's, it's even more ridiculous to not offer this ridiculous sport for women too. I, I think we need a it needs to be like figure skating. It needs to be mixed doubles. Mixed doubles would be cool. But I, I that's the other thing I don't. But like, why can't women do it if men can do it? That's so silly. If women do the individual one, it's so silly. Like you, you have men and you have women. Like, at what point did they say, hey, let's put two guys out there together and see how it goes? Well, probably it's faster because I'm, I'm going to guess them both men weigh more. And if you can keep your sled on track, I would think the weight would help. But again, why can't two women compete in the same exact sport as two men when they compete as individuals on the exact same track? Just two mind-boggling facts about luge is, right. one, there's only one gender doubles event. Two, the doubles event seems pretty outrageous. And in the, in the words of Marsha Brady, <clears throat> I'm all for women's lip. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely, a million percent. So let's bring in doubles, pair, whatever, pairs, luge for the ladies, for now, women. I haven't seen, they ha- we haven't gotten into bobsledding yet, have we? No, I think they say that. That's like a, uh, you know, like the closing pitcher in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you say the bobsled. Because the wrecks in bobsled are phenomenal. Not that I want anybody to get hurt or not do well, but, you know, it's, it's a dangerous sport, too. Yeah. Now, did you see the story today? This is just one of the crazy subplots of the Olympics. Probably not, so tell me about it. I forget the country. It was either a South American or an island country that you wouldn't associate with the Winter Olympics. Okay. They have their first ever female bobsled team. Yeah, it's Nigeria, I think. Uh, no, actually, it might have been. No, I, I don't know who it was. I thought they, I thought Nigeria had a bobsled team, which would be Africa, I, obviously. For some but, reason, I don't think it was Nigeria. Okay, I thought it saw one. It actually may have been Jamaica, now that I'm thinking of it, being the first female team. And they have a, a woman German coach. Okay. And she was fired or forced out by the Jamaican bobsled committee or whatever country bobsled committee, like right before the Olympics. And she's holding the sled hostage. Oh, so she had the sled. That she's claiming the sled belongs to her. 
So, like, she gave them the sled, they painted, like, the other country's colors on it, and now she's saying... I don't know exactly how it worked, or if she raised the money for it, or whatever. But she's saying the sled is hers, so it's questionable if they're going to be able to compete in their sled. Because the sled, their old coach, is like, like the, I'm just picturing like a youth hockey coach getting fired and not bringing the uniforms back. And, like, how do, how do we play? Yeah, being like, the shirts are in my trunk, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not driving by. Uh, That's phenomenal. All right, let me ask you this. This is another couple other like things I've picked up so far from watching the Olympics. Uh, I get why Norway and Canada, though small in population, are better than the United States at the Winter Olympics because they're Nordic Arctic countries, okay? Yes. But like, and I know Germany is a big and very wealthy country, but why is Germany so good at the Winter Olympics? Germany is not that cold. I honestly think Germany is one of those countries who prides itself in the Olympic sports. Yeah, okay. In the United States, the Olympics are a step down. Professional sports are sure. Okay, prided okay. On. I think a country like Germany prides itself on the Olympic sports. Got it. Okay, here's another question for you. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but I picked this up the other day. So we all know that figure skating has judges. I guess I get it. I don't love sports that are judged, but it's okay. Including boxing. It's just too much subjectiveness. But but but. Ski jumping has judges, and I just feel like shouldn't it be who stays in the air the furthest without crashing? Isn't that the winner? I, like long jump? I, I completely agree. The only thing that could be there, there should be a referee, not a judge. Yeah. Saying if the person stood up or didn't stand, you know. Correct. You should be able to rule on takeoffs and landings for sure as an official, but as a judge on style points, I don't care how you get further. Just get further and don't crash, and you're the winner, dude. Uh, yep, it's 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 ridiculous. It's it, 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 it's my it's my main beef with ski jumping. Yeah, I don't get why you judge. Like how how awesome did I get to this place? I don't. How who went the furthest and didn't die? That's awesome. Yep, that's a sport. Okay, evil Knievel. All right, biathlon. Here's my only hot take on biathlon. Uh, those folks must have a heck of a time checking their bags at the airport, and they clearly do not go through carry-on with TSA pre-check. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I wonder about the logistics of some of these sports and how they get things, especially by Apple. Like, you're going to take high-powered rifles. You know, you got to take them across continental lines for a lot of these people. We're, we're, in, we're in South Korea here. you got a lot of European countries. you got a lot of North American countries. I mean... What? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. The paperwork. I mean, I mean, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing a guy like going to, to going to the gate at Southwest Airlines with these giant skis and his high-powered rifle. Be like, oh, just traveling to South Korea for some business. Oh, okay, so you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're Southwest, Southwest uh, business class, uh, A through fifteen. Sit anywhere you want. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Have some peanuts and pretzels. Oh, sorry. I never eat any pretzels before the Olympics. Um, here's my last thing. <laughs> and one is quasi-serious and one is absolutely not serious, uh, just in case people get on me. With all the hobby-based sports that have made it to the Olympics, shouldn't ice fishing be an Olympic sport? Um, no, because I don't think regular fishing is a summer Olympic sport. Okay, well, you can make the argument there. How about ice fishing with dynamite? Um, I will go with a combine of speed skating and ice fishing. Ooh. Where you have to skate to the other side of the lake and 
cut your hole or use dynamite oh, in your hole. Oh, see, yeah. that would be a sweet buy out the lawn, but not cross country skiing, which is kind of boring to watch. Speed skating is more fun to watch. Um, that's amazing. The other thing you could do is you could you could skate around the guy fishing and just make basically put him on you know put him on an island and then he can't get back. Um, but by the way, I just wanted to work in ice fishing with dynamite. I do not support throwing dynamite at fish, but ice fishing with dynamite is my fake band name of the week, and I need to get it in there. I like it. I like it. It's also the name of my my forthcoming novel on how I never made the Olympic team called Ice Fishing with Dynamite. And I should get paid like I did. Yes, exactly. Um, awesome, man. Any other hot takes on the Olympics for you? No, just waiting for bobsled. Um, I, I oh, and I have to. I have to end the myth. I have to. It's okay. a great story. Okay. But the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. Yes. Mike Ruzioni, our hero. Yes. What do you know about Mike Ruzioni? Ruzioni, besides he scored the game-winning goal versus the Russians. Uh, he went to Boston University, and does he does a lot of motivational speeches still to this day. But as the story is told, that was a ragtag bunch of college kids, right? That's how they told the story. Mike Ruzioni was in his third year of minor league hockey when he was on that team. Ooh. Really? Yeah, it might have only been his second. Like, he could have played minor league games, like, the end of his, like, last So you're, year. you're saying he's a pro hockey player, just not he's at the highest level. Player, yeah. Okay. That's okay. Hey. I've been was hearing a-, a lot of people complaining that, like, the uh, the Olympic team's a bunch of minor leaguers since they're not using the NHL guys, and they should have went with the college kids, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, they fielded the best team possible, like they do like they did every year before. Yeah, I think the minor league thing is great because it gives a lot of guys who are doing this for a living, but but going back to paying people a lot of money. Triple A, if you will, you know, um, you know, hockey players. Uh, what's the what's the league? Uh, AHL. The AHL. Sorry, AHL hockey players are doing it essentially in in the great hopes that they get called up and can make some real money. But they're doing it basically for peanuts, yeah, like well, the rest of us. Not not only are they minor leaguers, but they're guys who could not have a two way contract, so they couldn't be signed by the Bruins. Oh, and be like and, up and down. And so they're yeah. playing in Providence. Right. So let's let's give these guys a moment to play for pride. Maybe maybe win some maybe win something. Maybe you know get some level of fame or dig, not dignity, but you know respect or, or persona that they can use later in life. But also it might catapult them to be in a yeah. an NHL player. That's fantastic. And, and I know I know a couple guys. I know one personally who was going to retire last year. He's playing in the I forget if he was in the KHL or the or the Swedish Elite League or one of those. Okay. He was going to retire at the end of the season, and he played another season so he could have a shot at the Olympics. That's awesome. You know, and, and I think when we when we go back to a guy who clearly was thinking about hanging him up to come back one more time to play for the uh, the love of the game and the pride of the country, isn't that the thing we malign all these athletes for in the first place for not doing? So let's give the minor leaguers a break, everybody. Filibuster freestyle. Uh, deep thoughts from Andy Maslin and myself on that one. I like it. I oh, like I like it. it a lot. All right, Andy, we are coming up on uh, some big things in the next few months. Final Four. Uh, believe it or not. Triple Crown stuff's not too, too far away. Uh, the Masters is coming up, so we're going to have our, our export on lawn and racket sports and big events on more, I'm sure. Plus, whatever he wants to rant about next month, he's got the green light to rant. So, uh, Andy, thanks for being on, buddy. We will uh, catch you soon. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. And for everybody listening, uh, we appreciate you doing it. We appreciate you going to iTunes and uh, subscribing and leaving a review. Definitely helps people find the show, which we appreciate. Again, Andy, thanks for being on, brother. Thanks for having me. See you later. All right.